Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to Podcast 135. I'm Dan Moylan. I have Michael Normanson with me. Hello. And Comrade Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello there. Finally, we can reveal that we've got the summer special on pre-order at the minute. It's available via the website. How beautiful is it and what's in it? Uh, it's incredibly beautiful. I think we've jogged about how big it's going to be. It is actually 180 pages. That's 180 pages. That's like a bullseye in darts, but in pages. It's not a bullseye in darts either, but I get what you mean. Is it better? <laughs> it's the most you can get in darts, but it's not a bullseye. Whatever. I don't know. I mean, I have to play it with the uh, suction pads on the end of the, the darts whenever I have a go. But it has inside it an Andy Hughes interview, which I did. So that's all right. There's a celebration of 30 years of the square ball introduced by Andy P, which is brilliant because he did that. There is articles about Alan Clark, Tony Dorigo, Johnny House and Jimmy Hasselbank, Robbie Fowler, Robbie Keane, um, Real Madrid 7, Eintracht Frankfurt 3 because I have to go with us on that one. Food Banks, uh, Leeds United Ladies, a player-by-player review of all of last season, which is worth reliving because it was all right last year. A lot better than the previous year's player-by-player review. And loads of photos by Lee Brown and 180 pages of it. It's worth saying as well, the photographs, we actually, the club, thanks to them as well, let us have a photographer at a number of games, which meant we got our own exclusive shots that you see in the square ball that you won't see anywhere else. It's not like the old days when we used to just go on Google Images. <laughs> and if anybody from uh, photograph licensing companies are listening, that's not how we ever did it. It's all fine. But no, Lee Brown is a very, very good photographer and takes very, very good photos. And loads of them, we've compiled them into like a, a day at the match. And so there's, a, there's almost a, a story through pictures. Beautiful stuff. You'll find that on sale now, pre-sale at thesquareball.net. No signings yet then? Do we take that as a good thing or is that a bad thing? Just, we said, keep the players we've got. We've done that so far. I feel confident we'll keep all but two of them. Which two? Because there's been talk of Forshaw going to Fulham for five million quid or more. You'd probably take that, wouldn't you? Yeah. I'd miss that. That does actually sound like um, good value. I don't know what he'd do in the Premier League. Just pass the ball really slowly. I guess you get more time up there, He's don't not in you? the Premier League. Fulham got relegated, Moscow. I've got some catching up to do, haven't I? <laughs> I'm just going to go and sit in the corner and have a little uh, read of Wikipedia and see what's been going on. What year is this? 
They got relegated, yes, to bring you up to speed. They got relegated okay, uh, to the Championship with Neil Warnock's Cardiff City and a team from uh, somewhere in Kirklees, I think it was. I can't remember what, it, what it's called. The name escapes me, but you know when you drive into the town as well, they've got signs up saying, I think it's Premier League, whatever it is, something like that. Mm, they'll have to take those down. So yeah. there's potential that we could be playing against Adam Forshaw next season. I mean, all joking aside, would you like to see him go? No, I don't hate the guy, but if we could get that sort of money for him, I would probably rather spend it elsewhere and just play Jamie Shackleton. And if we can guarantee a couple of goals next season off of his uh, rubbish back passes, then we know what to do. We can read those like a book. Pat Bamford, intercept, score a goal away. Villa also seem to want Calvin for £14 million. They can fuck off. Yeah, and die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're not selling him for that. Crystal Palace are holding out for 50 million quid for their... No, they're turning down 50 million quid for a right-back. Right-backs are never worth that much money. Calvin's better than him. Which one's who's that? Wan-Bissaka. Scum want him, I think they're taking the piss. <laughs> Which is quite good. But Phillips, no, we've got to... If we send him for 14 million, there'll be protests at the ground, I would think. And there'll be protests by Jack Grealish as well, because you can't have those both of those haircuts in one midfield. That's not going to work. So there would be some uh, wounded pride at the training ground the day that Calvin turns up, probably hiding, his, uh, hiding all the hair care products away from him, because Grealish is sneaky like that. And Jack Clark has been strongly linked with Spurs. That one seems to have... Uh, Certainly some momentum behind it. Skybet at one point had him as 10 to 1 odds on to be at Spurs. Mm, I mean, those markets can be manipulated by someone putting like 50 quid on it, but yeah, it did seem a bit like it might be happening. And if it did, well, I think we've discussed before, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't really change our style of play or anything, whereas Phillips leaving would completely derail us as far as I'm concerned. But I'd rather keep him. I'd rather keep all our good players. And that's a pretty sound principle around. But um, that's yeah. why Farshaw can leave. Now, don't be mean about him. Don't be mean about him. No, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> he's he's inoffensive and he That's, seems, he seems nice. Damned by faint praise, being inoffensive and fine. <laughs> I've got a lot of time for the Scouse people, as Bielsa said about the Japanese. Speaking of which, um, sadly, it looks like Idiguchi, that little adventure for him is over. Sadly for who? Not for him. For you. He gets, oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, sometimes when you love somebody, you've just got to let them free. I think this is the, the case. Do you normally with, uh, keep Idiguchi. your lovers? Do you normally keep your lovers captive? Oh, captive. I mean, you're giving everything a very sinister turn this evening. Nobody hates Foreshaw. Nobody is keeping anybody captive. Uh, Foreshaw is going to be uh, frolicking on the banks of the Thames, and Idiguchi is going to be back in Osaka, having a, a fine life, trying to pick up the pieces where he left off two years ago. If I could turn back time, stop! Don't, please don't sing. That's what he'd be singing. I hate the idea of uh, any footballer playing in a stadium that's got a neutral stand like Fulham has. That's not right, is it? I mean, it's only Adam Forshaw or something. I'm, I'm Would you get over it for five million quid? <laughs> Maybe when they see him play, it'll just be filled with people absolutely hating him. It won't be neutral anymore. It'll be the anti-Forshaw stand. On uh, Idiguchi, has there ever been a, a cover star of the square ball who has never played a game for us? Oh, I mean, surely. In the, did we ever have... Uh, Maybe we put David Livermore on the cover back in the day or something. He was he was in and out before pre-season had finished, so he wouldn't he wouldn't have ever made it. I mean, I did see him play in the lead shirt. I saw him play at the uh, pre-season friendly at York, so it has happened. And he he made a couple of under twenty threes appearances, I'm sure. And I I still hold the game. Uh, I saw him playing for Japan before he signed a friendly against Brazil when he was bossing Neymar about to the point where he got upset and looked decent. It's just I think. Uh, there's perhaps a lesson being learnt is that if you're going to bring somebody all the way to the other side of the world, like 
make sure they've got some mates with them or somebody who can help them translate. He needed um, his own Salim Lamrani, and that's what he he never had. So he's going to have to go back and seek him at home. Feel a bit bad for the lad, almost, don't you? Seen a bit of Europe though, Spain, Germany. Lovely bit of travelling. He's been injured a lot, so he's been able to you know just mooch about, I suppose. He's experienced a lot of hospitals and uh, mm. gone home with plenty of stories to tell. It's been like a gap year for him, really, hasn't it? Well, a gap two years. Yeah, coinciding with the uh, the World Cup, almost exactly. Yeah, in which his career has fallen apart. But apart from that, I'm sure he treasures it. He's still a young, you know, I think he's only 25. And with the can... legs of a 50-year-old man. <laughs> I I will watch his career with interest. Although there is some uh, reports that says he wants to stay in Europe. So he's being linked, uh, apparently Leeds won a give him back to Gambro Osaka and they're up for having him. But um, the the wishes of the player may well be that uh, he's not seen Italy yet. So Series C beckons. And the big transfer news, one big outgoing, Phil Hay leaving the Yorkshire Evening Post after all these years. As he said to us, was it on the extra ball when he was on when he featured actually, he uh, he joined the YEP the season we got relegated from the Premier League and he's leaving just before we go back up there as champions. That's um, Yeah, so we got rid of that doomy jinx. Everything's going to be all right now. Interesting to see that he started getting uh, ideas above his station as soon as he appeared on this podcast. That's it. Suddenly he's announcing he's leaving. It was quite flattering that some people did genuinely think we had poached him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The offer of uh, 20 quid and some bags of Haribo. Probably not enough to convince him to give up a, a proper job. And we don't need knowledgeable, balanced pricks like that hanging around either, do we? <laughs> He'd bring us down. Exactly. I mean, we've just had a expert, insightful discussion on Fulham's prospects for uh, for next season. So I don't know what Phil he would knows, have added to any of that. You know, Phil, Phil knows, he knows all the teams in this league. I reckon he could name them if you asked him to. He's basically a genius, isn't mm. he? <laughs> Genius on our hands and he graces with his presence. No, we wish uh, Phil the very best of luck in his new venture. Just a quick word as to why you think maybe he's, um, or there's been such a, a big reaction to his departure. Do you think maybe it's a reflection that he happened to be there at the right time with the growth of the Twitter age or what do you think it is? Probably an element of that, but he has taken it to a, a degree that probably like a local football writer, it's unexpected for them to have that uh, influence on Twitter. But then you've got to remember we had that whole era when Ken Bates would not allow um, an official club Twitter account. So it was Paul Dews was the club's press officer, but he could only put everything out under his own opinion. So he was basically, and Tom Kerwin, who was the commentators, they were essentially the unofficial Leeds United newsroom and Phil. And the the three of them, really, you were trying to triangulate between them. And then you'd tune into uh, Ken Bates' weekly biofilled broadcasters, Ben Fry slopped out the buckets and that was, that was Leeds United news. It wasn't like, it, um, like it is now. So I think, uh, probably a lot of those followers would have followed Leeds United at the time, but they didn't exist. And Phil Hay stepped into the breach and, and did a good enough job to keep them all as well, because that's the thing. Nobody, when Leeds United did then get a proper Twitter account, just went, Oh, well, we don't need this guy. They went, actually, this guy's brilliant. So let's stay, let's stay with it. Plus his goal tweets are mint. And in this first part of the podcast, normally we do fixtures. We obviously don't have any to talk about across the summer, but we do have some that have been announced pre-season. It's not too far away. Bielsa, I think, is getting them back within about a week, isn't he? Something like that. They're due on Monday, as far as I'm aware. Which is in- feels insanely early. The uh, It seems to be spreading throughout the club. When I, uh, for the summer special, I interviewed Emma Lee of Leeds United Ladies, and she was um, not complaining, if any of the management are listening there, that they, are, they started pre-season training um, a week before they had the end of season awards due for last year. <laughs> yeah. And it's just running, running, running. And their preseason schedule is insane. 
Um, whereas ours, I suppose we are going to Australia. It seems to be a thing players do now. They have like an actual, they have a pre-pre-season as well, don't they? The conscientious players will go and do like a couple of weeks with a personal trainer before pre-season even starts. Whereas mm-hmm. footballers of old used to just go away and put on like three stone and get pissed for six weeks. Do you think, um, what do you think Ross McCormack, how's his search for a new club going during this, this he was period? looking for one down the crack in a seat from the picture I saw. Yes, that's a, the contract he was about to sign and slip down the back of a chair. A nightclub sofa. I mean, it happens. You can just slip out of your, your shorts pocket. And if you're not wearing a shirt, then it's even harder. You, you know, you've not got as many pockets to choose from. Yeah, you're more slippery, aren't you, as well? <laughs> I'll we take your word on that. We sure. will be addressing the question of uh, of pre-season, actually, on the Extra Ball podcast, if you fancy uh, having a listen to that. But um, what we know so far is Geisley. York as well. York and Geisley on consecutive days. It's a very old-fashioned bit of uh, fixture listing, that. And then we've got some team from Salford uh, in July on the Australian tour and Western Sydney Wanderers. Bit of a misnomer because they are at least an hour out of the city, which is quite a trek. If you think about an hour, get a train an hour out of Leeds and you where are you? York and beyond. That's a big place. We're still discussing opponents for a friendly on, on July the 27th for the final weekend of pre-season. Who do you fancy? Because I'd like to see us have Bradford City, Phil Ellen Road, Home fixture against Bradford City. Bit of needle. Newells. That's who I'd like. Make it a Bielsa. Or another Bielsa team. Bill Bauer, maybe. Yeah, Marseille. Maybe not Lille, because he's suing them for an awful lot of money, but... <laughs> it could be part of the settlement that they have to come and play a game. <laughs> That's an awful lot of money to be suing somebody for, is that, isn't it? 19 million euros, which is about 19 million quid in this day and age, isn't it? It's probably a, a good lesson to Andrea Radrizzani not to annoy him. Don't upset him. Don't get to this point. What's great about this, so he's he's suing, according to L'Equipe, he is suing Lille uh, over the way they sacked him. Um, he wants the rest of his contract paying up, plus damages, plus another four million pounds, uh, sorry, another four million euros for his assistance. And the beautiful thing is this, is he wants to go to court himself. And I'm not sure if it's actually conducting the trial, if he's going to be uh, the uh, the defence. Well, would he be defence or would he be prosecution? Whatever. Uh, his point is that... Um, he made all their players more valuable, even in the brief period he was there. And they're now selling them uh, on the transfer market for vastly inflated sums. So he's going back and saying, you sacked me because you said I was doing a really bad job, but by the looks of things, you're doing great. And I have all the evidence now in the, over the next few hours that you're going to hear um, showing just how good a job I did. And it's a little bit concerning. The dates on this will be interesting because um, he'll need Salim over there to translate for him as well. Um, so if it ends up dragging, we might not have to get a caretaker coach in to take over. But if LUTV don't put this on uh, live streaming, then they're absolutely missing a trick because I would definitely watch Bielsa in a French courtroom. Mm. I imagine it'll be a little bit like, do you remember when um, Jeff Boycott was in a French courtroom and started kicking off at everybody because they were all talking French? <laughs> Didn't know that, no. Yeah, he uh, he hadn't thought to take a uh, a translator <laughs> or one hadn't been provided for him. So he basically, while all these complicated legal arguments were going on around him, he was sitting in the room just absolutely fuming that uh, he didn't know what was going on and it was a disgrace. What was he on trial for? Was it being a Man U fan? Being a Man United fan, I think, was the uh, was a specific offence. It's fair enough. When you try and brand yourself as a professional Yorkshireman, it's only right that you should you should face prosecution for these things. Be warned, Darren Goff. He supports loads of people, doesn't he? Well, exactly. 
pick the wrong one, he could end up in court. Mentioned it just before, but we've got another podcast out that we do, the Extra Ball, the subscription podcast that is $2.99 a month. Check it out for the first month free on us. It goes hand in hand with this one. And basically, if you want to get behind what we're doing here, uh, then get involved with that. And it really helps to support us because we are going to be announcing plans in the coming days for this next season. And the people who've subscribed to the Extra Ball really, really helped us. We're going to be doing more podcasting next season which is good news for you, hopefully. Uh, In the meantime, in this episode of The Extra Ball, we're going to be looking at this. Should we have spent so heavily in the past? Probably not. But we lived the dream. We enjoyed the dream. Only by making the right decisions today can we rekindle the dream once again in the future. And on top of that, this as well. Would you bring Lee Bowyer back to Leeds United? He knows the club. To hear us chat about those and to get involved with The Extra Ball, have a look at the squareball.net forward slash The Extra Ball. Hey, brought this one back then. We haven't done one for a bit. A couple of weeks rest. The player sightings, because Moscow, you went to Costa Coffee, Knotsford in Cheshire, bumped into Paul Butler, and it led to a slew of people who'd seen footballers out of context, really. So who have you seen? Where have you seen them? Uh, We've had some more good ones to get through, haven't we? Yes, uh, Louis has uh, sent this one as, as a matter of urgency. Uh, just in case Bailey Peacock Farrell has his way and replaces De Gea for scum, uh, he says, My dad, Louis's dad, frequents the Weatherby Morrisons where Bielsa was seen wildly out of context um, a few weeks ago and has found that Bailey does his weekly shop there on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, depending on if there's a match. I suppose depending if the under-23s have a fixture as well. Um, he's bumped into him a couple of times, but my favourite is just after the Reading penalty save occurred, my dad passed Bailey in the aisle and he found him clumsily dropping multiple items, which is worrying in itself from a goalkeeper. He also had no baskets, which means that his plan for shopping is about as good as his wall organisation for Northern Ireland. This was one of the best warning signs we had before we decided to drop him. And I blame myself, says Louis, for not letting Moscow know sooner uh, so that he could continue his hate campaign. I dispute the use of the term hate campaign. <laughs> But I would point out that uh, speaking of Bailey's um, Northern Irish exploits, he he did keep a clean sheet in their next match because we were discussing last time that he let that free kick uh, around his badly disorganised wall. And uh, he seemed to be so pleased with that clean sheet that he woke up the next morning and uh, made a little um, iMovie video highlights reel of himself and put it on his Instagram story with a thumping soundtrack of him sort of catching a weak corner and picking up an easy through ball. There was some weirdness to it. There's some really, really clearly obvious, like just you ran in a straight line type vibes on some of them. That might be why he was, uh, somebody got hold of him and said, you need to take that down. But maybe as they were flying back from uh, from the match, Stuart Dallas just said, Bailey, no, no, mate. Take that he wouldn't sound like that, would he? His accent would be slightly different. Not getting into that. No? No. Not yet. It, I was going to say, you know, trouble. you know, this uh, this sighting in Morrison's, are you now going to go lobby for a job at the Weatherby Morrison's, preferably in the security office, request the CCTV and then add it to your compilation video of Bailey Peacock Farrell? I thought you were going to suggest just like shelf stacking, but I wouldn't do that because I'd have to clear up all the broken jars that this buffoon has dropped all over the floor. On to this one from Connor Dawson, who said last week, I saw everyone's favourite left back, Lawrence Debock, coming out of a tattoo shop next to my apartment in Antwerp in Belgium and sent us a picture as well which is slightly sinister I do hope he got consent for that picture it's a picture of a naked lady's back could be a chap you're you're missing some of the context here Connor to be fair to Connor and so that we don't make him sound like a pervert he did take this photograph from the tattoo shop's 
Instagram account, they took the photo of their work and it is a tattoo of a, of a naked lady's back. So it's not quite as... Well, I wasn't suggesting he got all Silence of the Lambs and started constructing a, a lady's back on his own. No, you, did, you did slightly make it sound like Connor had just taken a photo of a lady's back and sent to us and said, there you go, that's Lawrence the Buck. And we're like... Mm. Okay, I, assume, I assume Connor had carved this directly out of Lawrence de Bock's arm after he'd hunted <laughs> him down. I think it may be Lawrence de Bock's wife, at least I hope for have her you sake seen, Have is. you seen her naked back? I've not seen her naked back, but I've seen her <laughs> uh, clothed front before when he first signed for Leeds and you, you Google the man to try and find out who he is. Uh, is that how you imagine the backward look? There's a photo of him at an awards do with his wife and I'm sure... Does it match the tapestry you've got on your wall? If she turned around, that may be how she looks. Does it meet your expectations? I think she's wearing a, like a low back dress, just to make it clear. <laughs> well, see, look at the base of her back. I know this isn't great is that for the, the one, Is listening. that the one you sent her? <laughs> oh, it's taking a sinister turn. Well, <laughs> fortunately, the next uh, the next player sighting is is completely normal and above board, so I'll let you crack on. We've had a, This is a celebrity, as far as I'm concerned, sending in um, a sighting. I was Lucas the Copcat a few years ago. What a way to start. Just not making a big thing of it either. But what, uh, what is he now? Who knows? What do you go on to be well, after that? It's Lucas the Copcat. You don't stop being Lucas the Copcat, do you? I said I was Lucas the Copcat a few years ago, though. It suggests he's been replaced. Maybe it was one of Chilino's staff cuts. I do think it's like the American president where they keep loads of lookalikes, because obviously you, know, you don't... Or maybe it's, it's like that. You can only do so many terms. You have to have a new a new cop cat. And then you just go sort of retire off maybe Yorkshire Wildlife Park, something like that. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, it was the year Lucas disappeared, but returned a few months into the season, having lost about two feet in height. On my first day in the job, I was shown around the place. I saw her all behind the scenes, media room, changing rooms, player lounge, etc. Anyway, the last stop was the laundry room, which kind of doubles up as a massage room, or at least did until before it was all done up. And who did I see but none other than a giant bare-assed oiled-up Sol Bamba? It was the most bizarre situation ever. It was at the peak of his popularity at Leeds, and I was kind of starstruck and mesmerised and also very aware of the fact he was naked and it would be entirely inappropriate to engage in any chat. Luckily, he worked out the situation quickly and chucked me a friendly A-up mate in his Scottish Ivorian hybrid accent. Really, which Williams, the guy from LUTV, caught me in my undies later on that day when I was getting changed in the toilet? Ah, well, guess it's the circle of life. Just a query on this. Are we suggesting that Saul Bamba has a giant arse or just that Saul Bamba was a giant? I think mm. the latter, I think, yes, were giant. And he was never out of proportion, his ass. It wasn't Yeboah yeah. Hasselbank style. Not as big as his smile there. That's a nice note to end on. Speaking of Bailey Peacock Farrell and returning to a topic we addressed last week, that of Northern Ireland. Huge response to <laughs> our discussion on Northern Ireland and attempts at accents at naming the counties. I mean, one particular person described it as magical. Someone also <laughs> tweeted us to say, Without any emojis or exclamation marks, please never discuss Northern Ireland again. Yeah. Mm. And yet here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Moscow. Yes. Name the counties again. Go on. It well, seemed uncontroversial last time. I don't have them in front of me. Hold on. Because there was one in particular that was that was difficult. Fermanagh. There. So I, but I think I've I think I've I've practiced it, you see. And uh, it's we're not, we're not sure whether that Oh I said it again. We're not sure whether or not that was the most upsetting uh, part of the podcast because we got a text from Paul Coleman, um, definitely in the Republic of Ireland because uh, his number starts plus 353. Uh, did that commie, he's talking about you there, Moscow, and your left-wing views, did that commie just say Londonderry on the podcast? OMFG laughing emoji. Uh, we should say, for the benefit of anybody who's of a particular... Then in which 
which county? Romana. Correct. <laughs> Stop Sorry, it. I've just researched. That you did just recite them, and it was very much you who recited them off Wikipedia, did edit out the silence that involved you looking for them on Wikipedia. That's the only reason why we just read it straight off the internet. That's the depth and level of research. We were also setting you up so you can't go and promote your book in Ireland. <laughs> well, not all of it. Whether you should choose to go to Northern Ireland, the six counties, including Londonderry slash Derry. Mm-hmm. You making a call? No. Nope. Glad you asked, but no, I'm not. Not at all. Uh, so apologies to anybody who was particularly put out by our amateurish dissection of the situation in Northern Ireland. On to Southern Ireland now then, and uh, Mick McCarthy, <laughs> Mick McCarthy uh, has been talking about Patrick Bamford. Again. He's really not happy. I don't know who's least happy with uh, with Pat Bamford, whether it's uh, uh, Mick, the uh, the manager of ERA, or it's um, his assistant, Erin. Uh, no, Robbie Keane. Uh, Mick says, uh, I'm not going chasing him anymore. It is broad. That's not the uh, the Dublin accent that I remember. The day that Mick McCarthy is talking with a Dublin accent will be hilarious. But no, he says, uh, I'm not going chasing him anymore. It were left on back burner. I think it's up to Patrick. If he rings me up and he wants to play, then yes. But let me ask you a question. If you're an Irish player and you thought you were good enough to play for Ireland, what would you do? Would you pick the phone up? That's what I did. And I'm from fucking Barnsley. I had absolutely no business. Did I have phones in Barnsley? It didn't say that, Pat. If he wants to play, he's got to pick up his phone. Fair enough, really. I think, I think Pat Bamford has kept him hanging on long enough. He does seem to be going on a bit. Robbie Keane has also started as well. <laughs> Shall we? No. Off you go. <laughs> Don't do it. You represent your country. No, no, stop. And if you want to play for Ireland, you come play for us. You're not going to go, we're not going to go and chase you. I tell you with Patrick Bamford, he, he should be chasing us. He should want to come here. He doesn't want to, no problem. We shouldn't be chasing people, by the way. That's what fucking winds me up. You shouldn't be chasing people. <laughs> they should want to play for us. If they don't, then no problem. Why should we go and chase people? We are fucking Ireland. We have qualified in the last few years for two Euros, World Cup 2002. If you want to come, come, represent your country and be proud to play for your country. If you don't waste anybody's time, don't waste fucking manager's time. I'm not speaking specifically about Bamford and talking about everybody. Anybody. Don't just use us as a tool, if you like, for maybe other countries to come in for you. Be proud of your country. Be proud to play for Ireland. If you'd like to address your comments on Michael Normanson's performance there, uh, do text them to 07899 WhatsApp also available on the same number. See, there's a few things to pick up on on the back of uh, Mickey O'Normanson's uh, <laughs> rendering of Robbie Keane's thoughts there. Uh, Robbie, I'm really, really sorry, I should say. Robbie is saying... <laughs> Well, fucking Ireland. But um, Moscow was the one who said Londonderry. <laughs> I'd say Derry, probably. <laughs> You'd say whichever one's right. Correct. Fair enough. Which is, we don't all, want any All of them trouble. are fine. They're all fine. Um, <laughs> it's when he says we've qualified in the last few years for two Euros World Cup 2000. <laughs> I didn't notice that. 17 years ago. <laughs> like, who, who in that squad is still playing? You could join the fantastic World Cup 2002 squad. <laughs> should join. If you came to Leeds, it could be like, we were in the Champions League <laughs> the other year. And then the other thing is, uh, is this new theme. It seems to be everybody doing an interview now. There seems to be, I mean, it's great that it's uh, all the all the swearing in that is actually verbatim. It is Robbie Keane was saying. I might have added a bit. Oh yeah, there was, you added one fucking, but the other two were, were legit. And that follows on very closely from Chris Wilder, where he's like, I'm not talking about 
Bamford. But I am talking about Pat Bamford. Who is left for Pat Bamford to wind up? It's a rhetorical question. (laughs) Nobody needs to answer. I mean, I'm not quite sure where we go from all that. Well, we could try Spanish accents. What do you reckon to that? Si, por supuesto. (laughs) Carlos Carlos Corberan (laughs) is staying. How how do you think he's feeling, Michael? Muy bien. (laughs) Anything else? Mm, Mi español no no es es muy grande. (laughs) Yo hablo poquito, pero nada más. (laughs) What have we just said? (laughs) I speak a little bit, but nothing much. Or something like that. Well, he's fluent in Spanish. It's Carlos Corbran. Surely he's, most, he's a Spaniard. The most convincing impression of Corbran I've ever heard. He said, Cultura Lijonesa? No. <laughs> that is the story though, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. No gracias. <laughs> yes, it is. That is the story. Carlos Corbran is staying to look after our under-23s as of now because he's not going to Cultura Lijonesa, our sister club. Kissing Cousins, you described it as last week. Yeah, and even that's uh, under threat now because old Ivan Bravo, who was the cousin doing the kissing, is uh, his takeover of El, El Cork, say it for Alcorcon? Alcorcon, yes. El Alcorcon. Has, uh, Alcorcon. has gone through. It was confirmed after we recorded this podcast. So you heard it here first. Breaking news like Phil Hay never happened. Um, so he's bought that along with Crystal Palace shareholder David Donut and Blitzer, who also owns bits of um, um, an NBA team and an NHL club. They bought it from Charlton's uh, hated Belgian owner, Roland Duchetelet, who is having a, he's having quite the, quite the day of it today because he's, uh, he's put out a big statement about how he's not taking, he's not keeping Lee Bowyer because Lee Bowyer wanted a pay increase. And yes, he wanted like a championship level wage, not a high one, not a, a Lampard or a Bielsa level, just a reasonable one. Probably more than a one-year contract as well. Yeah, but he can't have that because he wants to sell the club and he's not interested in paying him to do any work. And uh, and he also said that because um, Lee Bowyer was using an agent to handle his uh, his contract discussions, he said that's a potential conflict of interest because he might want to use that agent to sign players later on. And I'm not saying that Lee Bowyer would do anything like that, but I am putting it in a statement on the official chart and website saying that um, that could happen, but he definitely won't do it. This is Duchlet, who, I mean, he's just sold his uh, Spanish club. He's recently sold two teams in Belgium. He owned uh, a couple of them. <laughs> Those famous Belgian teams, they've gone. He still owns Carl Zeiss Jaina, and he really needs Sorry? to give he really needs to give that back to Carl Zeiss. Who? Um, the Swiss team. They've got beautiful Carl uh, Zeiss. Badge. Is that is that watches? Yeah, oh. it's like um, Nutritel Xanax, sponsored by the, uh, <laughs> the the drugs company, and he owns loads of other clubs as well. Uh, so he's a bit rich. Talking about conflicts of interest. Also, it's a massive bell end. I remember, you know, having Sabutio as a kid. And I got the scoreboard and used to cut out all the different teams. It was like on black card with like a yeah. white dot matrix appearance. Young boys always really, really made me, made me laugh. I'm surprised oh. you got that far because you get bored when you cut Heart, them out. Hearts of Oak as well, which was a team in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Do you remember them? Yeah. Forget all this and just look at Carl's Ice Jaina's badge. It's a work of art, isn't it? Look at that. Blue, yellow and white stripe. There's actually echoes of the lead shield there, isn't we there? We should maybe send this to the club and say, if you want to do a, a new badge once the centenary is out of the way. Take your inspiration from this. They don't turn it gold. Yeah, and they've got that up on the shop. We're going to end up with something gold, aren't we, as a kit? Yeah. How do we feel about that? Don't like it. You've not not seen it yet. (laughs) It will be gold and I won't like it. 
Well, as long as it's not piss gold, as GFH inflated on us. Because they've put the crest up on the shop, haven't they? And now we've discussed all the um, centenary merch on the extra ball. Should we just ask them to take it down again? <laughs> just go and take it down yourself. <laughs> no. Probably, probably just bolts in it. Bolts. Yeah. Spanner, angle grinder at most. <laughs> Maybe you could make that your mission for the next 12 months is anywhere you see that that badge just attack it with an angle grinder whether it's whether it's a child wearing a shirt whether it's uh, whether it's presented high on a billboard just just make sure you're wearing a mask otherwise you may get some uh, some dust in your mouth that wouldn't be good bearing, bearing down on a child with an angle grinder wearing a mask I mean if you hate the badge that much I think it's alright you know it's not the best the LUFC being absent from it isn't great and the colour's not my favourite but Apart from that. I mean, it's going to be on the cover of my book, so I've kind of got to like it. <laughs> it looks good on there, though. The, the wrangling that you've been through to get was, that licensed. It was going to be on the cover of your book until Dan's down Waterstones with his angle grinder. Yes, it's going to, there's not going to be many uh, special editions in, in Leeds City Centre with just the cover ripped off. Well, we're getting lots of heat, lots of intel, lots of... Uh, Information being passed to us via the anonymous, t- I say it's an anonymous tip line. If you do text us on it, your number and your name will come up. Oh seven eight double nine triple five four. Get a burner. Get yourself a burner. <laughs> a burner phone and a burner WhatsApp account and send things to us under the cloak of anonymity, almost anonymity. Oh seven eight double nine triple five four five nine. WhatsApp us on that. People keep thinking there's a group, but there's, there's no group. We haven't got time for that sort of stuff. It's just send us stuff to us. The anonymous tip line. It buzzed red hot this week. What have we got? Uh, Sean Harvey's wife is really nice, apparently. That's the word on the streets. That's what Deep Throat is telling us from inside the underground car park. It's, uh, it's not what we uh, we thought when we handed over the bag of money for this info. It's, she She's a really nice person. Quote, end quote. Though this message did come anonymously from Mrs. Harvey. So, <laughs> Although they do also add, met Sean once too, um, but that wasn't as nice an experience. So what was the background to this intel? In a professional capacity, I think that's as, as close as we need to get to our sources. And we did say when we opened this, we would like to hear your uh, anonymous tips on the anonymous tip line, whether they're true or not. I'll keep an open mind about this one. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily correlate to uh, the person in question being in Macedonia playing football at the time. But um, our uh, correspondent says that they were at Wakefield Cineworld watching Avengers Infinity Endgame and kept on thinking I was bumping elbows with the person next to me. Shuffled the arms around discreetly a few times but kept feeling an annoying tickling feeling on my elbow. Eventually shuffled my arm out to investigate and Gianni Alioski had his face between the seats behind and he was licking my elbow scrag. <laughs> Can't be true. Can't be true. Although some, I, once, uh, I once flew back from America and found, I came... Uh, aware early in the flight that whoever was sitting behind me had their foot inside the sock um, sort of up on the uh, sort of between the seats and resting against the, the side of sort of the back of my thigh and like had it there for the entire flight because I was too frightened to turn around and see who it was and too polite and British to ask them to kindly stop massaging my thigh with their Little their did they foot. know you had a foot fetish and little did, little enjoyed did I, every uh, minute Little did I know that it was Gianni Alioski if I'd known then what I know now. And just for the record, Avengers Infinity Endgame, uh, Certificate 12 in the UK, which is under two in dog years. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Time now then for Heroes and Villains. The thing that we do every single week where we pick ourselves a hero and a villain. You probably know what they are, but if you don't, then I will explain the benefit of your ears. Number one, villain, somebody who's darkened our door, made our lives as League United fans slightly worse. It's the Ken Bates Villainy Award first. And then we will do the Andy Hughes Hero Award, somebody who's made our life better. What's Ken getting his villainy nomination for this time? This came from um, a mate of mine, actually. He... His uncle, I think it was, was in some sort of border position at Birmingham. So he used to get to go in the boardroom at Birmingham City for when we played them. And he was sat in the, the boardroom with Ken Bates. And when the TVs came on with Bates talking, he stood up and asked for the room to be quiet as the king is speaking. It's annoying, isn't it? So that's Ken Bates for you. And of course, the unspoken thing that we can't speak about that we, we raised on the last Never podcast. will speak no, of it. The unspoken thing remains unspoken. The tip line is anonymous for a reason. Who else? Jake Humphrey, you know, the guy of BT, that one, the one who's a bit annoying. He's a bit annoying anyway. He's a Norwich fan, which I didn't realise until this either. But he just tweeted and got the pretty much everything wrong, just praising Norwich initially. He, he's basically a Norwich fan, so he wanted to say, isn't it great that Norwich have kept their tickets? But then he went on to say, um, TV companies get a lot of stick from fans, but the money they pump into the game allows clubs to do this kind of thing. That's not true. Tickets didn't used to be this expensive. Yes. Thank you, TV companies, for only charge, for helping our clubs charge a mere £30 a game. Mm, for creating a situation where £30 a game is all of a sudden seen as, seen as reasonable. Oh. Having, having previously been inflated to about 80 quid at some places, where they still remain in many places. Norwich, if they could pull a decent crowd for 80 quid a ticket, they'd probably charge that. I was going to say, you know the neutral section at Fulham? Mate of mine bought a ticket for that, 68 quid in the Premier League last year. 68! And that's what TV companies help happen. So let's just look into the background of this. First of all, Michael, why does Jake Humphrey annoy you? Ah, just his face, really. He's, he'd be like one of Bamford's mates. And what's the backstory to it then? Norwich have capped their Premier Norwich League. Norwich have capped ticket prices, yeah. But if for some reason he's trying to somehow take a bit of credit. I mean, obviously it's worth mentioning he works for... A TV company. A TV company. Mm. Um, and he's a Norwich fan. And he's a Norwich fan. So this fits quite nicely into his agenda, you could say. But he seems to have ignored the past almost 30 years in yeah. which ticket prices, money came into football through TV and ticket prices have risen steadily. It's almost like this kind of a cause and effects relationship. Mm. So yeah, he just pissed me off for being so wrong. Who else we got? 
possibly at the opposite end of uh, of the the high glitz and glamour of the Premier League is the EFL, who even though Sean Harvey is gone, they seem to be still running the league in his spirits because they're uh, they're holding the Carabao Cup first round draw in a branch of Morrison's. Not the Weatherby one either, so it's not going to have the the comedy value of... Uh, it's not going to have the pizzazz, is it? Not going to have the Bailey Peacock Farrell doing his one-man Laurel and Hardy routine in the background. or uh, Spilling the balls down the aisles. Yeah, Bailey Frank Spencer Peacock Farrell. <laughs> I don't know. There must be... I'll work on that for next week. Right. Work in some others do have a um, reference. Are Morrison's, are Morrison's commercially involved in this somehow? They must be. I did. Apparently it's the nearest Morrison's to Wembley. But I mean, that's such you a don't tenuous... Have, you don't have to do a cup drawing of Morrison's, though. <laughs> well, you, I mean, it is a little bit easier to get to than um, Vietnam or wherever they were holding them last year. Where in Morrison's are they going to do this? Where is it going to... Is it going to be in front of the roast chicken counter? Salad bar? Where? Market Street. Just maybe they do it bit from bit. You might do the... Because it's, it's still... It'll be divided into northern section and southern section, isn't it? So you can do the the northern section in the bakery and then do the, the southern section in the butchers. Pull it out of a leg of lamb. There you go. Carlisle away. <laughs> Unexpected balls in the bagging area. And all that. What a strange thing. Do you reckon this was arranged on Sean's watch? It sounds very much like something he'd do. Must have been. It, it, there'll be, I mean, I don't want to get us it. into trouble. Bradford, Sean Harvey, Morrison's uh, is from Bradford. There we go. So yeah, I see what's going on here. So what, anybody who... Uh, who knows where Sean Harvey lives? Um, if you just want to keep an eye out for any delivery vans outside, that perhaps coming coming a little bit more frequently with a slightly uh, a slightly larger load, maybe he's just with his payoff uh, shopping online and spending a bit more. There's nothing nothing to say that this is necessarily just waltz was out the shop with a wink. That's why I've uh, doesn't go through the checkouts anymore. Just, you know, it's like the Nando's black card almost. I don't know of that. Oh, footballers, famous people, yeah, they get the Nando's black card. We just let you have free chicken whenever you walk in there. Whoa. But they can afford to buy all the chicken in the world, probably. Yeah, but give people free stuff and they'll like tweet about it and whatnot, won't they? It's good good brand uh, brand ambassadorship. So I never would have heard of Nando's if Robbie Rogers hadn't tweeted about it, so it's absolutely right. If Nando's wants to send me a black card, I will tweet about it. <laughs> yeah, Just to right. say. So you could do what Robbie Rogers did and you tweet Nando's, Nando's. Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who else we got then in this? Uh, Manchester United Football Club. Are they still going, are they? Uh, just about limping on, limping on. I'll tell you what you can say about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He knows the club. He knows the club. And I didn't know uh, this about their club, but they are, uh, yes, because we're playing them in the summer in Australia. They've started half-heartedly, begrudgingly promoting the friendly on their uh, website. And there was exclusive interview with one of their big name stars, Lee Grant. Isn't which he a snooker player? Surpri- well, I haven't seen her since she was in Valley of the Dolls, to be honest. So I was a little bit surprised that she's pitched up at uh, Old Trafford. Um, reserve goalkeeper, apparently. Not even reserve. I'm not going to persist with the delusion that it's the same one that was in uh, Shampoo. He uh, wears 13, so you can't get closer to being the number one goalkeeper than that. Well, he definitely doesn't play when De Gea doesn't play. So it's like us putting Camille Majacek or... Will Huffer up for some some promo for this Man U game, which we frankly should do just to be tit for tat about it. Absolutely, if that's the best they can do for what is their biggest game in years, then uh, we should treat it with a similar amount of disrespect. And uh, I consider just cancelling it. And Australia can just deal with that. It's a long way to go. To I mean, if that's the caliber of player, if Lee Grant is going to make his fucking Man United debut against us in Australia, Daniel James, Daniel James. <laughs> well, I don't know if they'll risk him because the other thing about this match is that there's uh, 
people in the Australian Football League are worried about how many injuries are being caused by the state of the pitch. SCORM have sent uh, their inspectors down and apparently are very satisfied with the turf, but um, but the local uh, athletes are not. So it's kind of predictable that SCORM will probably leave all their valuable players at home. They'll put out a team <laughs> that is like Lee Grant and Lee Martin and fucking Neil Webb or whatever else they can get together. <laughs> And we'll play, Bielsa will always play his strongest <laughs> 11 and every single one of them will come out. It's lower leg injuries, apparently. And uh, yeah, we'll, our uh, medical team, uh, Rob Price, will just be, um, he'll probably just have to stay in Australia, open a hospital down there to deal with them all. Bring, Fly- back, bring back Patrick Bamford in a carrier bag or three. Flying doctors will just have to ferry them one by one <laughs> back to uh, Elland Road. So uh, I've already got bad, bad feelings about this uh, this match not helped by um, scum treating it with such disdain. Well, I've mentioned on one of the previous podcasts that my old man is going to Australia for this. I think we should get some reports from down under, yeah, from the colonies here on this podcast. What do you reckon? Get Dave, Dave reporting on the state of the turf. He's given me a blow-by-blow account of everything. The transport network so far, which is why I know how far Western Sydney Wanderers is away from Sydney. The hotels, mm-hmm. flight situation, the seats that he got allocated on the plane. <laughs> Were you expecting to give an opinion? I'm on uh, D14. Sound good? Yep, solid. Are you happy being over the fire exit? A bit more leg room, but you, you know, you've got the responsibility of getting the doors out if there's an, you know, an incident. Not that there's going to be an incident, that kind of thing. <laughs> Honestly, uh, granular detail. Granular. As long as you're not on the same plane as Alioski, you'll be fine, I guess. I mean, we aim for this podcast to be an hour tops, don't we? I mean, if Dave's given us uh, the full blow-by-blow account of everything on this tour, could go on for weeks. It'll, it'll fill a bit of silence anyway. Have we got anyone, anybody else that we want to pick for, uh, nominate, sorry, for uh, the Villainy Award? I think that's the lot. I'd go Jake, personally. He's really rowdy this week, hasn't he? I can tell. Well, I mean, it, it's, been a, it's been a quiet week, hasn't it? There's no actual football to get annoyed about, so you've well, got it. I disagree because that's not got any impact on us because we're not in the Premier League. Don't know if you heard. Um, we still have to pay. Premier League prices. <laughs> yeah, and if the Premier League wasn't so expensive, here's what uh, TV money has done, not to get all fucking Radrick signing on it, but because it's so uh, such a massive cash prize and the wages paid to players there are so extortionate, clubs in the Championship have no choice but to try and compete to that when they're uh, labouring under a broadcasting deal arranged by Sean Harvey. As it turns out, there's an independent report says that it was completely mismanaged and the process is, was a farce, unsurprisingly. Means that every club in the the championship loses money to try and get into the Premier League that Jake Humphrey celebrates. So there you go. So mm. we we would not have to sell Jack Clark if Jake Humphrey wasn't such a twat. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you mentioned Sean Harvey. Then I'm leaning towards the AFL Cup draw in Morrison's. It's the only one that directly impacts us. I tell you what. Let's see how it goes because it could be brilliant. It what? could be the the best cup draw that there has ever been. You have another thing. It's some like out there thinking, some new ideas. Somebody must have some fucking idea why they're doing it in Morrison. So I feel like it's a new regime at the EFL. Sean Harvey is gone. They've had this report that says everything he did was a disaster. I'm paraphrasing. It may not be that <laughs> specifically. Um, so let's just give the new regime a chance to hold their first significant event in um, a mangy supermarket in the back end of London. Um, and if they can stop the balls from being stolen by fucking unemployed chimney sweeps and whatever else teams the streets of that overcrowded hellish city um, then all power to them and it could be that it's a, it's a roaring success whereas Jake Humphrey we know is a, a roaring idiot 
Well done, Jake Humphrey. Then on to the Andy Hughes Hero Award. I mean, not much has happened really, has it? So nobody's doing anything good for us lately. I mean, even so, the first nominee that we have is Phil Hay, and he is fucking off. But he's more. uh, But he's going to be still reporting on Leeds, apparently. So he says. (laughs) Can you believe a word that comes out of his mouth now? After what is it, thirteen years of trust? (laughs) We'll turn on him as quickly as he's turned on us. So why is he a hero? We seem to be slagging him off. That's a good point. Maybe put him in the villains. He makes Jake Humphrey look a saint. <laughs> I mean, we've got to give a nod to Josh Warrington and probably Jamie Shackleton for doing the ring walk. Mm-hmm. Was there, has anybody seen any evidence of Jamie Shackleton doing the ring walk? Because I didn't see the fight and I looked for photographs and all I could see was the uh, the belt in the air surrounded by lots of very, very tall, strong-looking men <laughs> and two little hands. It could have been anybody. It could have been Jeanette Cranky for all I know holding that thing up. I've just realised we, we can't. Maybe give it to Josh Warrington. Or can we? It was on BT Sport, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And who have we just given the villainy to? For what? Well, different. Um, it's not t- his fault. Yeah, Jake Humphrey's not in the boxing department, is he? It was. I mean, I, I was a bit pissed, but I did fall asleep during this fight. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't a thriller like his last couple. The but, support you know. he gets from this city. I didn't watch it. You fell asleep. Love you, Josh. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> Well, well then, Josh. Kind of a, it was a foregone conclusion because Josh Warrington is a fighter of such quality that that uh, the cheat Galahad, uh, despite his uh, noble name, didn't ever stand a chance. So there was, you know, just wake up in the morning and see how well he won. Uh, Phil Hay, anyway. Then, so uh, Phil Hay is nominated for his uh, thirteen years of, of sterling service, and uh, it'll be interesting to see at his his new gig, which. He hasn't officially said where he's going, so but it's kind of it's an open secret he's going to somewhere else. But his future work may allow him to fully realise his abilities as a as a sports reporter that perhaps the restrictions of a local paper have uh, have not Without given him the opportunities. Complaints about the shit website. I mean, that's a start. We'll be able to read what he writes as well. So that's a that's a, a bonus. Phil and Josh. Then anybody else, or are we just going to give it to Josh? <laughs> Uh, Yusuke Iguchi, I put him on just because <laughs> I just feel constantly bad for him all the time, and I feel like whenever he gets mentioned, I just I just write him down for the hero of the of the week award, just because you know he's got to have something in his life. It's Josh Warrington, isn't it? Yeah, that you just saying that out of guilt. Yeah, I am, but he's he's the only one who sort of repped us in a positive way this week, so I'm good with that. And he's appeared on this podcast before. So if you've got any suggestions as to which uh, ethnic group or politically divided region you might want us to attack this week, we haven't we dealt with the Balkans, actually. Alioski and his Albanian problem. It's probably for the best that we haven't got into that. that sounds- Should we leave that one? <laughs> for next time. <laughs> Just for next time. If you're not familiar with this, he was eating in a, a restaurant, wasn't he? And they heard him speak in Albanian, which uh, upset some people in, in, Macedonia, in yeah. Macedonia, northern Macedonia. I'll watch, I'll watch Borat and then I'll do the accent. I'll be ready with the accent next week. Super. Look forward to that one and praying for the start of pre-season and some games. Yeah, we need all those injuries to start talking about, don't we? And the player sales. Yes, we do. Yes, we need that a lot. Uh, thank you for listening to this one. Check out the Extra Ball via the website, thesquareball.net. And uh, we should speak to you next week. We're just finalising plans because I'm away, but uh, all being well, at some point we will speak to you about something anyway. The Square Ball Podcast. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 